You're listening to the Ranger Things Podcast. to ranger things we're recording on saturday august 26th 2023 i'm carlo montagnino and i'm joined by brendan lyons hello and dave pacheco <laughs> hey everybody <laughs> <laughs> i'm running on fumes uh well we got a lot to go over today. Lafreniere signed. Matthews has a big contract, some smaller stuff going on. And then we have uh, a Twitter conversation that we want to do a deep dive into. But first, uh, as you know, you can always visit rangerthingspodcast.com. Become a member for free. You get access to content and newsletters and more in the future. You can also follow us on Twitter, rangerthings23, or just send us an email, contact at rangerthingspodcast.com. And you can subscribe to the show using your favorite podcast service. And if you do, please give us a rating and a review. Folks, did you know that we write articles as well? Yeah, we we put we put two up. One of them we'll get we'll get into the last. The I found out one. that we write art. I found out that we write articles when Carlos sent me the article that we wrote. Well, yeah, that, I think we'll get into that. I want to. I do want to touch on that because I think my theory makes sense. But uh, yeah, let's get into it. First things first. The Rangers coaching staff, they're finalizing some of those spots. Um, I don't know if we have a ton to say on this, but I'm going to read the list. Um, a lot of these you'll know already. We've discussed some of them. Uh, Ryan Clough has been promoted to uh, co-senior advisor to president and general manager. Angela Ruggiero has been hired as hockey operations advisor. Ooh. Chris... As you guys, we spoke about, Christian Hamura has been hired as the skills and performance development coach. Hamura. Hamura. Christian Mumra has been hired. Uh, wait, Mumra? Mumra? The ever living? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Mark Chiaccio. It's Mark- pronounced Pronounced Chiaccio. Mark Chacho has been named prospect development skills coach. Paul Mara has been hired as the player development assistant. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Andy Hosler has been named head athletic trainer. Brandon Rogers uh, has been named senior sports therapist. Kayla McAvoy has been hired full-time as an assistant sports scientist. And Catherine Yates has been hired as manager of performance data insights. All right. All right. Good job. Rangers. Thank you. I got, I got through it. Um, <laughs> a lot of chicks on this list, guys. I don't know what to say. The times are changing, huh? Don't you think? Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, next up on the docket. <laughs> I'm glad we, we just put that Claymore right in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, you know that's that's probably a good sign. You know maybe they'll, they'll give better uh, analytical insight uh, with sports, a fresh new look, you know, point of view. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, let's let, let let let's see where it goes. I'm not listen. If there's underperformance by the players, I don't think it's going to be by the people they've promoted. Uh, I think it's going to be, you know, just the players' fault. Yeah. And, right mean, now, there's a neckbeard in Calgary, Alberta, or like rural <laughs> Alberta. 
that's like, they don't let women touch hockey. You know, and, and a lot of this is just like, kind of like just positions within the organization. Um, like hockey, op- Angela Ruggiero, hockey operations advisor, right? She's on the payroll. She's advising hockey ops. Who knows what that means, right? But this is the same for any of these roles, right? A lot of hockey positions and job titles are, they seem meaningless. But um, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm happy that the Rangers are seem to be leading the charge and uh, diversifying the ideas that come into the game of hockey because it's much needed. Can't, yeah, can't absolutely. All, we can't all be Don Cherry. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think, you know, hockey is... Uh... Hockey's really on the forefront of uh, diversity, especially when it comes to hiring women. There are female coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if there, I don't know if there's any like actually behind the bench uh, at this point, but I know there's several teams that have female coaches like up in the room, like video coaches and uh, strength coaches and stuff like that. I think the Rangers have a few. They're skating develop- coach. Yeah, they're skating coaches, a woman. Uh, so yeah, kudos to the NHL. Uh, that, you know, that being said, they only have like the Canadian rednecks to contend with. Like, can you imagine what the NFL would have to contend with if they tried to let ladies football here in America? Well, the, don't they have a couple, um, female, female like coaches or, or whatever staff on the sidelines in the NFL? I know they got a few, uh, the NBA has some, I think, uh, the NBA definitely has some The San Antonio Spurs. I think they had like Becky Hammond, like five or six years ago or something like that. So the NFL has uh, 12 women as of 2021 in coaching roles. Great. That's Fantastic. Good. That's good. So then I misspoke. K- kudos to you as well, NFL. Yeah. I mean, it's about time. That's all I have to say. Uh, <laughs> but you know what else is about time happened? What? Uh, wait, we're not, wait, you're skipping ahead one. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> the biggest news probably, though, uh, of the week, Tyler Mott has a new agent. Oh, yes, that's right. Is that the biggest news of the week? <laughs> no, it's not. Not at all. Not by a long shot. Um, but, yeah, it's – I think, you know, Mott has been uh, unfairly signed the past few seasons, um, and this is probably the result of all that. Yeah, I think Mott wants to be a Ranger, and Chris Drury's like, nah, bro. Like, <laughs> I love you. Like, I, lo- I love you as a Ranger – but, you know, why would I sign you if I could just get you for a fourth-round pick at the right. deadline? Which makes total business sense. Now, I am, like, bring Mott in for the full season. I'm a Mott, I'm a Mott guy. Yeah, I like I Mott. Would love to see, I would love to see Mott here for the full season. Um, that being said, I think, you know, we just signed a whole bunch of Tyler Motts. Yes. So... You know, let's see how that pans out. And, you know, we'll just be – there's a fourth-round pick with his name on it come the deadline. So who, whose roster spot do you think he takes? After I, 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 that's a that's a question I'll answer midseason when I know what the bottom six looks like. All right. I'll put a pin in that one then. All right. I think Now let's get to the big – the biggest Rangers news of of the week. Uh, Alexei Lafreniere. Chacho, um, uh, no, Alexei Lafreniere has signed finally. Um, 2.325 over two, uh, a year for two years. Um, first year has got a 350k signing bonus attached to it. Um, yeah, 
this is pretty much what we expected. He ate up every penny of the of the cap that was left. I don't think he had much of a choice. Um, I think it, this probably ter- ended up being like term than it was anything else. Like uh, the discussion. I think it was always going to happen, and it was just. I don't know. I feel like we were the only ones concerned about it, like the fan base. But it was just always good. He wasn't concerned. His agent wasn't concerned. The organization yeah. wasn't concerned. Yeah. It's, you know, I think they just did their due diligence. They they went through the, ro- the, the, the motions. But, again, could they have inked this deal a month ago? Yeah, probably. But, you know, if they're just arbitrarily waiting so that we would have something to talk about at the last week of August, maybe. I don't know. What do you think, Dave? You were about to jump in and say something before I cut you off. You know what? I'm I'm like a deer in headlights right now. I <laughs> totally forgot what I was gonna say. But he, like you said, it's it is it was gonna happen. And yes, maybe as a as lifelong Ranger fans, we we did get a little bit of a some sort of like uneasiness about the length of time that it was taking to sign him. So the second that he got signed, I ran. I ran like a schoolgirl. To Facebook, I just I had to see, and uh, it was so rewarding when I got there. It was exactly what I thought was going to be waiting for me there. Just some like boomer whose profile picture was like his backyard, you know, <laughs> or that type of Facebook profile. Uh, yes, and then he just commented and all like he wanted to say overpaid, but he said overplaid. Oh no! In all caps. <laughs> right and then right underneath like he doesn't like he's such a boomer that doesn't realize that he can edit his comment like his comment so he responded to himself and said i meant to say overpaid did he redo the caps in the correction or he just left it lower yes yes good yes at least yeah that's good (sighs) you know it's (sighs) i don't have a comment about the the i hope that (laughs) i hope that guy's kids don't love him anymore <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I know that guy's kids don't love him anymore. If he has kids, he if does. he has kids, Come you on. think so? He does. He does. Every boomer has kids. He's got a big yard. He's proud of it. His he saw his uh, kids grow up on it, and you know. <laughs> no, that's the house he bought after his kids moved out. Ah, uh... he's like, ah, I'm, ah, the kids are out of here. I'm finally gonna have a nice house to live in. <laughs> wow. But you know, I'm happy he signed. We, again, I don't think anyone was too nervous. But uh, as I stated in the in the post on our site there, RangerThingsPodcast.com, um, what are we going to worry about now? What is there to talk about? We only have nothing. Nothing. So what what do we do? We just sit. We wait and see. We do it's, nothing. It's... Jets football, baby. That's oh, it. Fuck out of here. No way. It's got to be. As a matter of fact, let me check the score right now. Your boy A Rod threw his first touchdown as a Jet today. Oh, congrats! Congrats. What, against the new uh, the the New it, York Jets football Giants against the New York football Giants. It is preseason, but yeah. the Jets are winning twenty five sixteen. But isn't this the last week of pre? It's the last game of preseason, and final cuts are being made. I don't know if there's one more week. No, there's one more week of preseason after. Okay, this. but it's it, their final game, I think. It might be the Jets' final game because they played the. <clears throat> They played that early game, the Hall of Fame game against the Browns. Right. Brendan, quick question uh, about the Jets. Do you think that they're going to win the Super Bowl 31-21 to over the San Francisco 49ers? Hard yes. 
Oh shit! You got it here first, folks. I'm, I'm with it. I'm I with think it. the Jets are fucking stacked, folks. They're fucking stacked. I don't know. I'm a little bit. Uh, I'm a little bit apprehensive. I don't want to get my hopes too far up, but it's really hard because they're fucking stacked. Like I'm, especially I'm just, now that fucking Dalvin just signed with the Jets. Like, yeah. This, like huge. This is a stacked fucking team. Uh. I don't know. I, I mean, the Chiefs are still the the toast of the AFC, if not the toast of the NFL. But it's a tough road to to you know to the Super Bowl through the through the AFC. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs are going to be a hard out. I think. I don't know. We'll see. I think the Jets are going to be a very very good football team, and I would not be surprised if they went to the Super Bowl. I just want to see them go to the Super Bowl. I just want those two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. That's it. I don't care what happens once they get there. I just want those two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl where I could be a piece of shit Jet fan again. <laughs> As opposed you know? to... Well, I'm, I for one, I'm glad that they they actually have a team to root for because there was many years the last like eight years or so where you just didn't give a shit about the Jets or the NFL in general. Me? Personally? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I used to be a season ticket holder. Like, I used to be really... Like, I used to love football. And the Jets just... They just beat me into submission. I just couldn't do it anymore. Just statistically, a team... It's impossible for a team to remain this bad for this long. Like, you... Like, statistically, they should have won by accident at this point. (laughs) Well, I'm happy but, for you, brother. Oh, yeah, but you, you know, I think the this. biggest the biggest turning point for me is not like a Rod or Dalvin or all these other people. Like the big turning point for me is the Jets have four massive draft picks. You know, real high end players playing for the team right now. A coach that I really love, and Woody Johnson is finally like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna spend as much money as I have to spend year after year to win championships." Because that's that has not been the case. I think he saw what LA did and was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to spend all my money." Go ahead. And this this is a good time to launch our sister podcast, Brendy and the Jets, coming soon to you. <laughs> it's just Brendan. <laughs> it's just it's just Dave and I held hostage on a Zoom call. <laughs> Brendan rants for four hours. He's got four you know hours what? of Jets every week, but I'm gonna do Rangers. He's like, yeah, it's like yanking teeth. Somebody make me a fucking Patreon, and I will do a, I will do an hour a week on the Jets to the entire regular season. Hey, Make how it. about this? How about this? Do it. We'll put it on our site as a, a subscriber only feature. How's that sound? Fantastic. So you you email me an hour a week. I'll put it up. I'm not editing. I'm not editing it though. It's just gonna be raw, Brendan. Raw, uncut. Just raw. Just raw, uncut. Which yeah. may or may not be good. No, it's yeah. gonna be. I, it, I think. Listen, <laughs> I know Brendan a long time, but it's going to be good. Um, yeah. I just don't give two shits about football, so like it's bad for me. But I don't have to. Dave, Dave can give you an hour on the Mets. It's just it'll just be him crying in the shower. Yeah, it's me on my knees with my wakazashi in my hand, uh, performing <laughs> cleaning the blade. You know. Oh, hey, can boy. I say can I say one more thing about the Lafreniere signing? Yeah, of course, uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I was on. I've been on Twitter. I'm on Twitter all day, every day, and since Lafreniere signed, like Devils fans have been like 
feeling themselves. Oh, lowest paid first overall extension. Da 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 da. Ba 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 ba. Pass the gobble goal. I hope. I hope that Alexi Lafreniere takes his dick out and rubs it across every single member of the Devils team. Like as he skates past their bench after scoring like a double hat trick against them in the first period. That's how I hope this season goes. I was so oblivious and neutral to Devils fans before this season. But one good year. And these motherfuckers are they're Tampa fans. They yeah. they talk like like they like they root for the Tampa like like they root for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I can't wait. I can't, last year was such a fucking fluke. I can't wait. Come see me at the end of this fucking season, Devils Twitter. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. How does your wife feel about that? <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna tell her that we didn't do a podcast this week. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll just bleep it out every time that you say devils and uh she'll have no idea. Um cool. All right, so that's Lafreniere, but you know what? That was a good signing. But there's another signing that probably like that happened like an hour later. And you know, it- we're gonna look back, we're gonna look back in a year and a half after La- after Laviolette unlocks Lafreniere, and we're gonna be like, fuck, we've got this like we got this guy for under three million a year for two years, and mm-hmm. he's fucking lighting it up. You know what I mean? That's how I feel. You think like, he's gonna he's- be like like Tommy the White Ranger, like coming into the Power mm-hmm. Rangers? Absolutely. <laughs> when he makes the transition from green to white. Oh, yeah. that was a fucking boss move right there. The white, the white tiger saber. It turned. You flip it over. It talks. Mm-hmm. I had that. Mm-hmm. I had that. That. Like, here's here's a little personal story. When I realized I was too old to be playing with Power Rangers toys, was when I got that sword. My mom went out to what's whatever store uh, over by uh, the Asian food toys- market. Toys R Us? Not not Toys R Us, some other store. But she got it, she brought it home for me and my brother. We each got one. And my friend from school came over that night. And I'm like so pumped. It's like the prime time Power Rangers White Ranger reveal episode. And I have my sword. And he looks at me. He goes, I'm going to go hang out with girls tonight. And I just, I put my toys away <laughs> that day. I watched the, I watched the show. But then the next morning I woke up. I was like, all right, now I have a new thing going on. I was way too old. This was when Carlo was in college. This was in this was in 2017. Um, <laughs> all right. There's a bigger signing that happened this week. Arguably the biggest signing ever. Actually, it is the biggest signing ever. Austin Matthews signs a 13 and a quarter million dollar contract. Uh a year for four years, $53 million. It's this is pretty crazy. Talk um, about white ranger energy. That's yeah. big white ranger energy. It, what's crazy about this uh, contract is that the vast majority of like 98% of it is in signing bonuses. So that basically means that he wanted cash in his pocket at all times. He's going to be getting nothing paychecks every week. Um, but good for him. I mean, he's the highest paid NHL player ever. Yeah. Probably will be for another two or three years. Who would get hired? Actually, McDavid's next contract would be uh, a big one. But this is 
considering Toronto's current cap situation, um, this is insane. Yeah. Don't you think? When's, when's McDavid's contract up? Do McDavid's you know? contract. Uh, I think he's got another two years. Mm. Let me look that up for sure. Maybe though. more. No, it's it's coming up. Connor McDavid is nope. You're right. No, he, he his contract is up end of twenty six. Yeah. So three years. Three. He, we have three more seasons on the contract. Yeah. Um, and you figure in four years from now he's still a, what a ninety point producer. That's ninety his, to hundred point producer. That's his age, That's his age thirty contract. Jeez. So he's gonna get a fucking bag. He's he'll, gonna, he'll, that guy's gonna put up. He's gonna put up close to 100 he's gonna put up in the ballpark of 100 points every year until he's like in his late 30s yeah him him and mckinnon are gonna be monsters i mean look at what crosby and ovechkin are doing and like sports science and sports medicine is way better now than it was when you know 10 years ago uh mcdavid is just like and he's already a fucking specimen he's already a freak athlete you know uh, him and McKinnon are going to be mainstays in this league for another 15 years. Back, back to Austin Matthews in Toronto. I think, you know, I, I posted on rangerthingspodcast.com something about, I broke down like what the core four, um, their contracts, what they look like and what that tells us about the salary cap, right? You want your, if you're interested, go read that on the website. What I'm interested now in talking about is what is Toronto's actual freaking plan here? Right. I, I don't think they have a plan. I don't think they ever have a plan. You think, I think they're just they're flying just, by the seat of their pants? I do. I think they're just flying by the seat of their pants, hoping to cash in on the level of talent they have. I, I don't know. I, 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 in years past, I would agree with you. But I think since all the the front office and, and behind the bench changes that they've made in the last four to five years, like major changes, I think something is brewing. They may know something is about to happen with, with the cap space and everything as uh, Carlos. So, you know, beautifully pointed out in his article on the website, if you want to check that out, it's, it's scary because if the, if they did figure out how to properly utilize and pay players and, and, and form a team team, they could be, um, they could be serious contenders this, this coming year and, and beyond for, for the cup. They just need a, a better goaltender. And defense. Yeah, they, they can't afford either of those two things now. I mean, who, who knows? Who knows how much the cap is going to go up next year? If it's only going to go up a few million or if it's going to go well, up. They, the cap that. is the cap has gone up for this coming season already. Well, I mean, the for next season. this year. Yeah, well, next season. Yeah, so, because they, because they, Nylander is still getting six million, right? He's, he wants 10 for his extension. The, mm-hmm. NA, the NHL is projecting that the cap goes up to 87.5. Which is nice. That's like a that's a nice up. That's a nice increase for sure. But that if Nylander gets what he wants and ten million, right? That's the core four now eats up fifty one percent of the cap space. Right. That's seventeen percent of the roster getting over half. Yeah. Insane. What's and what's nice for us is that as the cap is going to take these big jumps over the next two to four years, we actually have a lot of money fall off. Yes. Uh, and then we have like our young guys who will be making mid-range money. And then, I don't know, maybe the end of 2026. I mean, we're looking at the at the start of 2025, 26. 
our, our core sits there, Barclay Goodrow, and that's it. We have nothing. It's just all the young guys have to come up and get a new contract. All defensemen need new contracts. But Panarin Panarin's off the books in three years, right? Panarin's off the books at the end of 26, yeah. Mm. So him and McDavid become free agents in the same offseason. Yeah, that's right. Do you want a 30 and 34-year-old first line? <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, because what you do is at that point, you, 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 walk, you walk away from Panarin at that point. Yeah. You know, you've got young wingers in Lafreniere and Kako and Othman and Perot at that point. And then you slide Mika down to the second line because Mika will still be under contract. Maybe you move Phil and your top line is fucking Lafreniere, McDavid, Kako. Neither. Neil, we're not. Nylander's not coming to New York. You don't well, think so? Phil, I, I, you don't think Toronto moves on from him? They have to. When's his contract up? After at the end of the season. We won't have the money to bring him in when he's when he's a free agent. Um, he's gonna want ten million. Where are we gonna get ten million at the end of next season? I see Barclay Goodrow for three and a half. I see Vincent Trocheck for five and a half. I mean, Trocek's got a no move clause, though. Would he not go to Toronto? We we trade for the bargaining rights. I, I'm just throwing shit on the wall here. I'm not saying this will happen, but would you would you be opposed to them uh, moving for Nylander? You know, you know where I think Nylander winds up. Carolina, Chicago. Chicago. Oh, you know what? That would be smart. Wow. Yeah, they got the cap space. That's for and sure. they got and they got the Bedard. Yeah. Yeah. Look at like the next the next generation of teams gonna be looking to make a strike. Chicago, Columbus, Anaheim, Detroit. That's where I think Nylander will land in that like that genre of team, like that bracket of teams. So so does Toronto try to trade Nylander this season? Or do they let him play this season to take one last swipe at the cup and just let him can't, they can't let him walk? And no. if they're if they're moving into the playoffs, they're not going to trade him away. I'd say get is rid he, of him as soon as he, he can. Is he unrestricted or restricted? Nylander is he'll he'll be UFA at the end of the season. Oh, that's tough because you know they're going to be in contention. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have to see how how the season shakes out for them where they are uh, come January. Uh, they're 100 percent going to be in contention, Dave. Well, yes. there's no way they're they're sellers at the deadline. That's crazy. That's why I say, you know what? Trade Nylander to Chicago net tomorrow. Pick and up bring in just a bunch of assets? Just bring in some assets. Not even trade. Just pick up a couple, you know, defensemen. Pick, just pick up a couple bodies. Obviously, you don't want to – you want to shed cap space. You're going to need to. I don't, you know, does Nylander really – does he help them that much? I don't know. I don't follow that much. He helps, but you have a $13 million man on the, uh, on the team. He could do it. Give him that responsibility. Yeah. And what's Marner making? Marner is close. Uh, Marner is at uh, eleven, basically. And when when does uh, Tavares come off the? Uh, in two years. Two years, yeah. Two years for Tavares and two years for Marner. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, Marner's gonna, gonna get tough. more money too, probably. Marner's definitely getting more money, and Tavares they'll move on from. 
Yeah, he'll make his Tavares in like like he'll go somewhere else for like a four year deal and then or like a five year deal and then after that he'll come back to the island for his so? farewell. Oh yeah. I don't know. He was pretty much maligned when he left in the first place. They uh, he, people were burning Tavares jerseys and stuff like that. <laughs> well, they're Islanders fans. They just needed heat. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Well, they got. Okay. Uh, did you hear about this fucking like flesh eating parasite off the coast of Long Island? Wait, what? Please. It's, it's just Islander fans washing up on shore. Is that is that it? <laughs> no. <it's> a f- <laughs> so apparently, like people have died swimming in like the Long Island Sound. Good grief. Uh, off in Long Island and Connecticut from this flesh eating parasite. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, <laughs> well, don't just another reason to stay the hell away from Long Island. Yeah. Right. I got to look into this. I'll look into it at the break. Um, so if we don't have anything else about uh, Matthews, we'll send it to break. Um, going once, going twice. All right, folks, stay tuned. Hey, Ranger Things listeners, you probably already know that you can subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, or just listen by visiting rangerthingspodcast.com. But did you know you can also follow us on Twitter, at rangerthings23? Were you aware that you can email us at contact at rangerthingspodcast.com? Feel free to DM or email us any questions, feedback, or suggestions. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, let's get back into this. So let me set the stage here. We have a, a, an interaction on Twitter that we think is going to be it's fruitful. So we're going to talk about it, right? There's a Ranger fan, Mickey Rangers, Mickey 8 Rangers on Twitter. Um, he has a wild theory. And I think we can get into this theory a little bit. But I'm going to set the stage first, and then we'll pick at what we want to pick at Mickey Eat Rangers seems to think that Drury has a master plan. Um, he says that Kane is going to want to come to New York. He says that if Zuccarello or Tarasenko get moved at the deadline, they're going to want to go to New York. If JT Miller gets traded with his full no move clause, he'll choose to go to New York. And if Shafley gets traded, uh, he'll force his way to New York. And that Drury can just like pick and choose who he wants, which that's a fun theory, right? We'll so get- maybe I misread it, Carlo, because I, I I originally thought he was saying, and like shout out to Mickey Rangers Eight, like am I am I getting his handle right? Uh, Mickey, uh, Mickey Rangers 8? Eight Rangers. Like this is like Chef's kiss as far as like conspiracy theories go. And optimism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like I thought he was saying like they're all gonna come to the ring. I think he's yeah. I, I mean, it sounds like they could if in some magical world where in, money is infinite. But it's it sounds like he what he's saying the way I'm reading it is that he thinks that Drury has like completely like manufactured this insane situation where he can pick and choose the top free agents at the draft at the deadline, which is crazy. Well, uh, in a way, he's not wrong, right? I mean, we've gotten, we've snagged the top free agents at the in the last two deadlines. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't think he's wrong. I don't think Drury has like puppeteered this, right? And, and think, when you look when you look at the fact that Ottawa is going to be fighting for the last playoff spot, I don't think they're going <laughs> to trade Tarasenko. Yeah. When you consider the fact that Ottawa is going to be fucking relegated, 
they're going to have to create the relegation system just so they have something to do with Ottawa at the end of the season. That's how bad they're going to be. They're going to have negative points at the end of the season. Wow. Well, so moving on. So Mickey eight Rangers poses this theory fade to black F a Y D the number two B L a K Carmine. We'll say Carmine or we'll say fade to black. Um, they say that they rightfully so they call out that adding Tarasenko and Kane last year worked out brilliantly, sarcastically. Um, and Mickey Eight Rangers seems to think that he says simply Gallant, as if Gallant was the only reason that the team failed. Right? Then it, 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 we start getting into it. I love that you're just reading this this Twitter. This I'm just reading. I'm just re- oh, no, I'm setting it up because I'm gonna get to get to it. So Mickey Eight Rangers simply responds, Gallant. Fade to black says, Gallant is better, as good or better than Laviolette. And then this is where Brendan jumps in, saying that this is false, right? Fade to black. The coaching records throws a bunch of numbers out. One could argue Gallant is better, and it isn't even close. Unfortunately, they got Gallant's stat line incorrect. What I think is valuable here is actually you have two good coaches here. I think, that's, I think that's a discussion we could have. I did I did a little bit of a deep dive here. You know, Laviolette and Gallant actually making the playoffs and making runs in the playoffs more often than missing the playoffs, right? Since Gallant, since his seven-year hiatus after Columbus, has been in the playoffs every year but one. And he's been in the Stanley Cup Finals and the Conference Finals. Laviolette has been a mainstay in the playoffs um, except for his stint with Carolina. But during that stint, he won a Stanley cup. So maybe it's, it's a wash there. Actually, interestingly enough, uh, Laviolette has only missed the playoffs five times, three of them with Carolina, weak Carolina teams, one time with a weak Philadelphia team and one time with a weak Washington team. He's taken Philly to the cup finals. He's taken Nashville to the cup finals. He's had deep runs with both these teams. Laviolette has twice as many games as Gallant. Right. And and looking at that, like, so I, I just did the quick math for averaging. And so Peter Laviolette's win percentage is 52.58% and, and Gerard Gallant's 52.34%. But Laviolette has double the game. So Laviolette has more wins as a head coach than Gallant has games as a head coach. So, I mean, yes, it's negligible, but when you look at the, the quantity of, of the product that Laviolette, you know, has put out, it's double than Gallant. So he's if you, on, a long enough, on, on a long enough timeline, I think Gallant would probably be less than 50% or, you know, closer to, you know, 50% winning percentage. Well, I mean, that's speculation. If I say this, here's my napkin math. You just double Gallant's career. Just double it. That's six playoff misses out of so he's like he's in the playoffs a little over half the time, half the seasons he's coaching. Right? Laviolette Laviolette blows that out of the water immediately. Right. He still has, you know, two less. Um and and I want to point out, Dave, we spoke before the show about Laviolette's stint with the Islanders. Yeah. He he got they they lost in the quarterfinals both those seasons. Yeah, they were second and third place in the division. I mean, they were weak teams, and he got them there. He got them in the playoffs. So, 
I just want to, you know, the Islanders notoriously pretty bad for a little bit, and he turned that team around, you know. So I, I think that's the strength of Laviolette. My, my thesis here is to give fade to back black credit is that, yes, the Rangers are clearly upgrade. Oh, fade to black is an Islanders fan, by the way. Um, so gross. Yeah. So uh, we can, he is the outbreak monkey for the flesh eating parasite. He is patient zero in the Long Island Sound. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think the idea that they pose is that comparing Gallant and Laviolette, which is something that we haven't really done. There's a lot of like recency bias with Gallant. Like, oh, well, he lost a room or he didn't have a system. Well, that works 60% of the time in his case. I'm putting it out there really. Like, let's, if you want, we want to talk about these two players, these two coaches' uh, careers, I think it's a wash. Like, Laviolette just has a track record. Gallant has not really built one up yet. Yeah, but Gallant hasn't stayed uh, with any one team more than three seasons. Correct. PDL Laviolette's done it. The only time he didn't stay more than a season, uh, more than two seasons, rather, it was with the Islanders, his first coaching gig, his first head coaching gig. Right. Every other time, Carolina is five years. Philly was, was six years. Five. Uh, five years, I'm sorry. Uh, Nashville was, what, another six years? Six years, yeah. Washington was, was three years. So – and those, mean, are, those are strong teams. Those are very strong teams. The, the Philadelphia and Nashville teams. Like, he, the longest stints had the best results. So, I'm going to say two things. First of all, I jumped into this conversation because I saw an opportunity to disagree with an Island fan. Of course. And that, and that was it. That's, <laughs> yeah. That was my sole objective. And I was never going to think about it again after that. But since we are talking about it now, I do think that there is space for both of both sides of this conversation to be right. Uh, Gallant can be as good of a coach as Laviolette and still be the reason why the Rangers did not meet their full potential. Absolutely. Just because Gallant is a good coach doesn't mean he is the right coach. Right. Right. So I think that both sides of this argument can be true at the same time or are true at the same time. Because, yeah, yeah, I mean, you can't deny that Gallant has had success in the league. Uh, But you also cannot deny that Gallant does not have a system. And when things get rocky, Gallant doesn't really do anything. And, and, you know, Gallant... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Carlos. And Mickey Rangers points this out as well. He says later on in the thread, you know, look at his record without Shesterkin. It's abysmal. You know, yeah. and you know, is that a is that really a Gallant problem or is that a Rangers problem? Well, we're talking about Gallant, so it's a Gallant problem. One but, thing I'm going to look for, like one thing we should pay attention to this season, Carlo. And I'm sorry, did I cut you off? Not mind? at all. Go ahead. Uh, one thing we should pay attention to this season, like, and let's like, let's really do this for ourselves and for our, you know, if we have fans, hopefully we do. Um, with all of this recency bias. Like with with Gallant fresh in our minds, let's pay attention to the way this team is winning this year, mm-hmm. because the way they were winning last regular season is still like very firm in my mind. Because I had my doubts about this team all season long. Because I mean, you guys remember I I yeah. call, I said they were a first round knockout like around Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, yep. you know, just because of the way they were winning. You know, Gerard Gallant 
has to Gerard Gallant is an excellent like people person mm-hmm. who under like who understands hockey enough to coach a team. I don't think Gerard Gallant is a good hockey coach. So, so, so Brendan, for the sake of our listeners, describe how we were winning, like how we were winning games last season. We were winning purely on raw talent. There was no, and we've all we've all been on a team like this. Yes, you know, I was on a team like this for a little while, where there's just no leadership. And you've just got really good players and every game is sloppy. And at some point, something happens for the momentum to shift and the raw talent comes out and you bury a couple and boom, you won the game. Or you spent the first 35 to 40 minutes really leaning on your fucking all-star in net while you wake up and then you put up three or four goals. And you win the game. That's the way they were winning a lot of games. They were also letting go of a lot of leads. Yes. Like, like they'd come out hot and then they'd taper over the course of the game because there was no leadership. So I think, yeah, I think that was my next question, actually. Like, how they were the way they were losing games was actually way more telling than the way they were winning games. Like, you're absolutely right. They were winning games on talent. They were losing games when that talent wasn't around. When that talent took a night off, they were mm-hmm. getting blown out. Yeah. Whereas teams in the past, you know, maybe even even Quinn's Rangers, the AV's Rangers, when the talent wasn't there, at least you had a solid def- team defense holding mm-hmm. you up. You had Henrik Lundqvist, obviously. But, you know, I don't remember many games where Lundqvist has to make 45 saves. Maybe Obviously, there's a couple of there. But, but it's, it's, it's a regular occurrence for Igor. Yes. It is a regular occurrence where he's making tons of saves. Yeah. And not even bullshit saves. Like, he's making huge saves. Right. Because the defense chances. is quality chances. Because the defense, the team defense is just not there. And we're not talking about a scrub blue line. Like we have a no. good fucking we defensively, we have a good blue line. Yeah. It's just there's no system in place. And that's that's massive. So yeah, Gerard Gallant is good in certain situations, but when a team needs a coach, when a team needs to be coached, he's not that guy. And, and this team needs to be coached, right? This is the whole Absolutely. argument, like the whole youth movement that we brought in. We have a young team. I know now it's older. We brought in a lot of these like like muckers, but they that youth needs to be coached. They need to be led in a direction. Um, I, I I was just about to say I am so excited to see Adam Fox and Keandre Miller play in a defensive system. Yeah. That is, you are going to see two excellent performances this season from those guys and what's great about it is that because of the the personnel they've brought in and because of the way laviolette likes to structure his team you're not gonna see a dip in production from fox and miller right in fact you'll probably see money on the table one of those two wins the norris trophy this year whoa it, that's if they give it to a defenseman who can play defense. 
No, I, but I think, to, like, to run his point, they'll Adam, put up points. Ad, put Adam points. Fox and Keandre Miller are going to be top five in the league scoring defensively this year. They'll both be in the conversation. They'll I'll say both that. Be I'll agree with you on that. For the Norris, and I think Adam Fox is going to, because he's going to get the power play time, mm-hmm. Adam Fox is going to lead the league in points scored. For defensemen. For defensemen, yeah. For defensemen. Uh, you know, it's going to be him and McCarr again. Oh, it's going to the be them forever. It's always going to be those. But things. Keandre Miller is fifth or sixth. This year, yeah. this is the year. Keandre Miller is top, like in that, you know, he's a he's a picture on the ESPN, you know, fucking screen when they're talking about potential Norris Trophy candidates. Yeah. So how about the kid's a fucking stud? It's, he is. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no question. So uh, in the same thread, how excited are you to to see the kid line in whatever formation it takes? Maybe it's not a line anymore, but the kids. The, the forwards play in a system where they're not just told, ah, figure it out, which you can't do as a kid. You don't have the experience. You're not going to figure it out. No. Now they have a little bit of experience and now they have structure to play in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see, you're going to see, they're going to have a big season too. And and they're going to be either feeding or being fed by Mika Zibanejad. God, I hope he wakes up this season. He will. Well, Mika's Mika's Abanajad is there. Was, I saw I saw frustration in Mika's eyes all year, and that well, frustration I think was Gallant based. Well, yeah, because it stems from when when you're constantly chasing down the puck in your own zone, when you don't have the reassurance of a tight defensive system, it puts a lot more pressure on the forwards. They can't do what they do. They have to constantly chase the puck around, back check, and all that fun stuff. And if Laviolette system works defensively, it's going to open up the the ice for the forwards mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. going to be able to do what they, they do with what they're, what they're comfortable with doing. And that's, that's mm-hmm. scoring. And here's yeah. what's critical. Like here's what's super critical, like new coach, new looks like new coaching staff. It's going to, this is going to be unlike any other Laviolette system we've seen because it's a whole new staff with him. And this might be the most talented team Laviolette's ever had. So I think first quarter, like first, like first third of the season, they explode out of the gate. Oh yeah, that, I, think, I think that's without a doubt. You're going to see a real strong start. They're going to set a nice base. Right. The Thanksgiving, if you're in the playoffs, you're in the playoffs right. thing is going to be very, very true for the Rangers this mm-hmm. season. No, and, no chance they're not, not in it. And then people will start to figure them out. People mm-hmm. will start to figure them out as the season goes along. This is what they're doing. But here's what's critical. When they start to get figured out, Laviolette will shift the pieces on the chessboard. And Gallant never did that. Right. You know, Gallant didn't have a chessboard. That's the that's the thing. Like that's the thing. Like going into going into the second year with Gallant, Mika's abandoned Mika and Kreider and Panarin and all of these guys went out there and they just tried to do the same thing they did the year prior, and they just kept getting punched in the mouth, you know, because and no matter what, no matter no matter what door they tried to open, there was somebody waiting on the other end of that door, and go, like they're looking to the staff, and the staff is saying nothing. Yeah. Yes. So so like Laviolette plays chess, and Gallant plays Candyland. Hundred percent. But I, I I do I do slightly disagree with you, fellas. Um, I don't think the Rangers are going to come out hot out the gate. I think they're going to they they're going to come out hot in the sense that they you know, they have a clear direction of, you know, a a plan in place that they're going to have to follow. I think it's going to take them a month 
to actually get fully comfortable with it. A month of playing together, you know, a month of playing real, real game scenarios. And I think by Thanksgiving, it will be figured out. And like you said, I think the, the league will eventually start adjusting to how the range are playing. And then Gallant, uh, Gallant, pardon. <laughs> um, I think La Violette will, will make the necessary adjustments to move the pieces around to have them still uh, exist. At, uh, I'm sorry, um, excel in their in their system, but with the pieces in different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that happening. All right. Well, listen, now it's time for a game. We're just going to put a button on everything. Thank you, Mickey Eight Rangers. Thank you, Fate to Black. Uh, you spurred a great a great discussion there. Uh, yeah, why don't you have... give us a retweet? Give us a retweet, pal. Give us a retweet. If you have anything you want us to talk about, hit us on Twitter at RangerThings23. Send us an email, contact at RangerThingsPodcast.com. All right, time for a game. This game is What Would You Do? What, 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 would, you, what, what would you do? All right. Here's how it goes. I propose a scenario that's seemingly impossible to deal with, but you must figure a way out of it. You must also figure out the best way out of it. There is a correct answer here. So whoever gets the answer right gets a point, and they win, and that's it. If you both get it right, well, you both win. Happy day. Are you ready? Let's do this. All right. You must pick two of the five following players to be injured at camp. They will return during the last week of the season in time for the playoffs if the Rangers make it. All right. Those five players, again, you have to pick two of these. Shesterkin, Fox, Panarin, Zibanejad, and Heedle. I'm going to say... Shesterkin and Fox, you can't have them hurt for the season. I think defense is par- is paramount uh, in this league. I I would say Heedle. Uh, that'll give more more time for the other younger, uh, for Lafreniere maybe to get on, even though you know they're different positions. Uh, you can have uh, you know Wheeler in that spot. You know, taking faceoffs, and shit, Mika or Panarin has, has got to be hurt. Maybe we'll say Panarin. Maybe we'll he'll have fresher legs for the you know for the upcoming season. Obviously, de- depending all depending on the injury, I think that that somewhat weighs in on it. Well, they'll be perfectly fine at the last week of the season in time for the playoffs if they make it. So the in the type of injury doesn't matter. Okay, so yeah, Panarin and Heedle I think would probably be the best uh, case scenario for being injured and coming back the last week of the season. I think Heedle is young enough to adapt and, you know, uh, his youth will, will push him over and Panarin's just a tried and true uh, scorer. So, he, you know, he'll just get back to business. All right. That's so you're it. locking it in, Panarin and Heedle. Yes, sir. All right. Brendan, you've had some time to think. They get hurt in camp, you said? Yeah, hurt <laughs> in, in camp. So they don't play a single game until the last week of the season. I'm going all or nothing here. Mika and Panarin. Why? Uh, I think Phil needs the season mm-hmm. to yeah. perform in the playoffs. We don't even come close to the playoffs without Shit He's off the table. 
this conversation. Shesterkin yeah. must be the starting goalie. Uh, I think we. I think the power play. Adam Fox is critical to the power play, so I'm not. I'm not losing Fox for the season. Uh, I truly believe that Adam Fox is our best is our best player. So, and who is the fifth one? Hedl. All Phil. right, so I'm keeping Hedl. All right, so I'm keeping Hedl because, I, like I said, he needs the season. It's a non-starter for Fox and Shosturkin. Yeah. We don't come close to the playoffs. So, if we let Mika and Panarin get hurt in camp, mm-hmm. that's like 19 million in cap space. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. You have anything right. else to say? I, I, that's, right. yeah, that's 20 then, million in cap space. That's like, yeah, that's like 20 million in cap space. Then we get my boy Mickey Eight Rangers on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> About this wild fucking plan that he's mm-hmm. got. And when when they come back, because Panarin and Mika can jump in wherever when not. Yeah. Right? They're seasoned enough. They're 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 consummate professionals. They could jump in wherever, whenever. They jump into an absolute fucking smoke show of a team. Imagine what this team could look like plus 19 mil in the playoffs. Yeah, well, you know what? Do you want to lock this in, Brendan? You should lock this in. in. You're locking it in. in. All right. Well, I was, we have a winner. Uh, Brendan, I was ready to give you partial credit until you mentioned the cap circumvention. You get full fucking credit. One whole point for Brendan. That was it. The correct answer. The correct answer is Mika and Panarin because they have the highest salary cap hits and we can best circumvent that way. That was my answer. So, wow. Beautiful job, Brendan. Dave, but, sorry. But, uh, all right, wait. wait, wait. Let, me, let me just argue it for a second. No, I don't care. That's I, don't care. No, I know I'm not going to get a point, but if you have uh, – our Tommy's got the higher payroll. That's 11, 11.4 or whatever mil. You, you only have really enough space for one other person coming in, you know, at the end, at the trade deadline to circumvent the cap and everything. The cap, the cap is cumulative. So if you, if they're injured and you bring up some, you know, some young kids that eight, it's Othman and whoever else that cap hit per day builds over time. So right. at the end of the season, we could sign Austin Matthews. At the end of the season, we could we could bring in fucking. We could bring like, in the entire entire Ottawa Senators if we wanted. To. Yeah, we could bring in Teres like Tarasenko and fucking Zuccarello. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say ter- I'm gonna say Tank Tank and JT Miller. That would be nice, man. And then right. we still got with a little wiggle room. We got to bring in Mott. Ma- yeah, we got. Well, Mott. I figured Mott would be there anyway. All right. Well, listen, great. Before yeah. we go, can I just say one more thing? Of course. Is Chris Kreider the Red Ranger? Is that a yes. we in agreement? Oh, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah clearly. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is a Hufflepuff Red Ranger. No, he's Gryffindor, right? Adam Fox is Gryffindor. Kreider is undecided. Cr- yeah, Kreider is Ravenclaw. But he's definitely the Red Ranger. He's, he's definitely, definitely the Red Ranger. Okay, actually, let's do this real quick. Oh, God. <laughs> what did I, what right. have I done? You've done it. You've done it. All right. Crider's the Red Ranger. Blue Ranger. Jacob Truba. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. I, that, that's, I, I agree with that. I would have said Truba's the Black Ranger. But uh, Fo- Fox is the Blue Ranger. Fox is the Blue Ranger. You're right. Because yeah. he's like the smart one. 
<laughs> the, yeah. Kind of a nerd. Um, kind of a nerd. All right, so okay, so black. I say Trooper for Black Ranger. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I, I agree. I changed my mind. Trooper's a Black Ranger. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Yellow Ranger. Panarin. Yellow and pink is Panarin and Zabenajad. It's got to be one that, of those. That, I don't know. That, I think I think Keandre Miller's the Pink Ranger. I was gonna say Keandre Miller's a Green Ranger. Nah, because the Pink Ranger's like fashionable. <laughs> He's got a nice skirt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Keandre Miller's the Pink Ranger. Who's the Yellow Ranger? Trying to remember a single identifiable quality about the Yellow Ranger. She was steadfast and determined. <laughs> Um, <laughs> why are we Snyder. giggling? Why are we giggling? <laughs> Brady, why, Brady, why not Keanu Miller? Why not? Ke- oh, okay. Brady yeah. Snyder. Is Brady the Snyder is the Yellow Ranger. Ranger. No, okay. Ryan Lindgren is the Yellow Ranger. Yes, yes. A lot of defensemen and Power Rangers here. Um, Green Ranger. I'm. Well, who did I say? I said Keanu Miller, but who do you guys say? Green Ranger. And remember, the Green Ranger turns into the White Ranger, so we, we can do that. That's gotta be Mika. Mika's the Green Ranger that is, no. becomes the White Ranger. You, you don't think it's gonna be Lafreniere? He's gonna take that step from the oh, Green Ranger. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, shit. Yo. All right, well, that's it for this week. <laughs> Thank you well, all on. for listening. Oh, okay. I okay. think fucking, all right, but who's fucking, what's his name? Zordon. Zordon. That's that's Lobs. That's got to no. be Lobulent. Is Lobulent Zordon? No. Who's fucking? Who's? What's the fucking little robot's name? All right. No. Drury. Drury is Alpha Five. Drury's Alpha Five, and Glenn Sather is Zordon. Yes. 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 Because he's just a head in a tube at this point. Jesus. Rangers, you gotta go do something. And then Drew is like, "Oh, Rangers, this is what's going on." And and, and reader reader repulsor is obviously the it's devil. Panarin. It's <laughs> Panarin. <laughs> Panarin is reader repulsor, and fucking Trocheck is Goldar. <laughs> right. That's good. All right. Tune um, in next week to find out who's Lord Zed. <laughs> oh, the uh, Jack Hughes. <laughs> All right, that's it for. Google. Okay, okay. Go ahead. Let's just Let's get it out. The Power Ranger bad guys. Yeah, there's so many. There's literally one for every episode. Um. All right, it's out of our system. We're good. All right, <sighs> that's it for this week. Thank you all for listening. Remember, visit our website rangerthingspodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangerthings23. Or send us an email, contact at rangerthingspodcast.com. For Dave Pacheco. Goodbye, Ranger fans. Brendan Lyons. Ivan Ooze. <laughs> I was hoping someone would do I, I, I. Um, I'm Carlo Montanino. <laughs> See you all next week. Bye. Goose. Well, I want to be a New York